Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Heads or tails, Deuteronomy 28. Well, the context here is simply this. Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, is simply a great message. It's, it's, a, it's a sermon. Moses is standing on the plains of Moab preaching to the people. He's 120 years old and he's about to go and be with the Lord, okay? So it's sort of like this is the finale for Moses. He's preaching the word. He's preaching the commandments. He's preaching faith into the people of God. And he's saying to the people before they go and inherit the promised land, he's saying, remember what God has done. Remember the faithfulness of our God. He uses uh, words like this day and Um, the Lord God this day, and if you keep the commandments this day, he's talking in, you know, what God has done, but he's talking also in the present tense that if you can just grab a hold of what God has done and what he's gonna keep doing, if you can just keep a hold of that, it's gonna be awesome and God is gonna bless his people. So here we are, we pick it up in uh, chapter 28 and verse eight. It says this, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns, and in all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Verse nine, the Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself. As he, sworn, as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. In the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12, the Lord will open, listen to it, his good treasury, the heavens. I love that. He's gonna open up the treasury. He's gonna open it up to you, give it to you, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command to you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from them, any of the words that I command today to the right or to the left, to go after the gods to serve them. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word today. Father, thank you that you've called us, you've shaped us, and you've molded us to this point, Lord. But Father, it's gonna continue. And Father, we just thank you that reading your word, understanding your word, knowing your word better, Father. It helps us become all that we're called to be. Father, we thank you for Jesus today. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you for resurrection life and all that that means, all that represents today, Father. We thank you for colonial kids as well, Lord, as you're building them up. Father, as you're blessing them. Father, we just thank you that the Holy Spirit is ministering to the kids right now, building them up and causing them to be all that they're called to be. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, Amen. and not the tail. I think I might have actually missed that verse while I was reading it. I don't know what happened. But God says this. He says, I will make you the head, not the tail. Above and not beneath. And I believe the word of the Lord today for someone in here is that God wants you to know that you are the head and not the tail. 
I want to speak today ultimately about your purpose, my purpose, your purpose, but ultimately where our purpose derives from, where it comes from. You have a purpose, I have a purpose. Many people in life, they spend sometimes decades wandering, trying to find their purpose. Isn't it funny that that's what the people of God did as well? But you have a purpose. Today and every day, this season and the next season, there's purpose. But your purpose, listen to me, friend, comes from your value. Your purpose in life, what you're called to do, what, what you need to go out and do in the season that God has given you, in this season and the next, your purpose in life, what you're called to do, it all comes from the value that God has assigned to you. God has given you value. God has assigned value to your life. You are valuable to God. I feel like someone needs to hear that today. You are valuable to God. Your purpose flows from your value and your value comes from no one else but God. You have purpose today. You are valued today. Listen to me. You are chosen today. Purposed, valued, chosen. Your value comes from the fact that you, by God, have been chosen by Him. Your purpose comes from your value and your value is because He has decided that you're His son. He has decided that you're his daughter and that is your value. I wonder how much of your value you know. Do you truly understand today how valuable you are to God? Do you think about it? Do you understand it? Have you got a revelation of it? Sometimes when it comes to the value that God has got for us, this is what we do. We forget it. Sometimes we doubt it. What about this one? Sometimes we challenge it, and that's pride. Sometimes we question it. But God wants you to know today that you're the head, not the tail, and he has chosen you. Let me show you a few verses. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. You've been redeemed. What does that mean? That means you've been bought back. That God has literally purchased you. That's what being redeemed is. It actually means that he used to own you, like you used to be his. But being redeemed means he's come around again and redeemed you, purchased you. That's how much he values you. He's redeemed you. Uh, Romans chapter five and verse eight, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God has already demonstrated how much he values you through the cross and through Jesus. He's demonstrated, he's put on display. That's what a demonstration is. He is put on display for the world today, for you and for me, for every single person that inhabits this earth. He has demonstrated his love for people. And therefore, his love for you. So that's Romans chapter 5. Look at Jeremiah 31 in verse 3, one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. It says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's covenant language right there. Everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Everlasting love. Everlasting love, which means this, he's committed to you forever. Our commitment to him, it fades. We struggle with it. We, we, it's day to day, month to month. Oh, I'm having a good week, bad week. What does it look like? But God's not like that. He's committed to you forever. 
He says, it's an everlasting love. And with my kindness, I've drawn you. That's how much he loves you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul speaking to the church. says, for our sake, he made him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become, look at it, the righteousness of God. The righteousness, that's the value, right standing with God. That means valuable to be, in the Old Testament, to be in right standing with God. You had to sacrifice, listen to me, something of value. But today, because of Jesus Christ and because of the cross and everything that he has accomplished on our behalf, because of Jesus and in Jesus, we are just valuable, righteous. But not because of anything we've done, not because of anything that I've been able to do or any kind of value I've been able to create in my own life. No, it's got nothing to do with any of that. I'd love it if you could write that down. I want you to medit- write this down. I want you to meditate on this this week. As you're praying, as you're spending time reading the Word of God, I want you to meditate on this thought this week. My value is based on who He is, not what I do. Or what I've done. Isn't it funny, you know, when you become a Christian, it's sort of like, I love new believers, you know, like I was one, but I just remember what I was like. I was just like rough around the edges. I know it's hard to, hard to imagine, but I was. But I love just new believers' faith. You know, it's just like this like rough, like, yeah, whatever faith, like, it's there, okay, I believe it. it's awesome, you know? But then as we go a little bit along in life, and we spend time in church over the years and be part of different ministries, maybe, maybe lead like dinner parties or, isn't it funny how like this sense of righteousness kind of creeps in? And we start to begin to think, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape with God. He and I, you know, we're, we're good because you know what, I've been... I've been serving a lot lately. And, you know, you check my tithing records, man. I'm solid. You see what I'm doing? You see what I'm saying? My value is not based on what I do. My chosenness, my right standingness with God, it's not based on any, anything except the goodness of God, except who He is. Accept the cross, accept the resurrection, accept the fact that Jesus, it says he looked to the cross and with steely conviction, he went to the cross. It's based on that. It's not based on me or what I can do. And let's not allow works, let's not allow things, let's not allow like even the seasons of life I pray would be planted and we'd be in church and we'd be committed to the house of God, but I pray we would never let that become the thing that all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm good now because I'm doing all this stuff. No, you're good and I'm good because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Forever and for always. He has decided my value. And in Deuteronomy 28, God describes to his own people the way he treats those that he loves. This is like a a, a foreshadow for us today. We we can look back, but it was pre the cross. Now we're in the new covenant. Now we're in the new relationship. We have grace and We have Jesus as our king, but he's saying in Deuteronomy 28, he's saying, this is how I treat my people. This is how I look after my people. This is how I 
have decided that they will live as the head and not the tail. Verse nine, the Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself. Holy to himself. So I've got three faith declarations today. I want you to write them down. I want you to receive them. You know, when we come to church and we receive the word, we're allowing it to come in. And this is why, why I, I just am such a stickler for writing notes in church, uh, for, for opening up, writing down the verses. and like Because, you know, I, I don't want you just to come and receive the word on Sunday. I want you to go away and do the work. Okay? I'm just that guy. I believe you need to take this and you need to receive it. So I've got three faith declarations today, okay? But I believe these will be reminders for some. I believe these might be things you've heard for the very first time because we have new believers in our church, praise God. Um, and others, I feel like these just need to become faith declarations because you've come to a point where you've stopped thinking this way. You've stopped having this spirit, this understanding. You've maybe let the enemy come in through an open door and stop this, shut this down. But this is absolutely who we're called to be. Number one, I am the head and not the tail. Come on, write it down, declare it, praise God for it. I pray this would be something that, I just got a text from someone after the 9 a.m. and they just said, I am the head and not the tail. Wow, haven't, haven't thought about that in a long time. It was a reminder. But I am the head and not the tail. Verse 13, here it is. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down. That's emphatic language. I'd love it if you could write this down as well. What God commands, man cannot stop. What God commands, through his word, man cannot stop. This is emphatic language. God is saying, I will make you. In the Hebrew, if you study it, it is emphatic. It's like there is certainty attached to this. There is, you can be assured by this that I will make you the head, of the head, not the tail. I will cause you to be above and not beneath. It is absolutely emphatic. It's a, in other words, we can bank on it. And what God commands, man cannot stop. That's why we've got to read this thing as often as we can. Because what God has put in here is his commands, what he chooses to do, what he's decided that he's gonna do. Isn't it funny how we try to wrestle and try to, try to question and try to like get the word of God and just be like, oh, but, 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 but is God sure about that? Is, is he 100% certain that that's for me? See, if it's in here, it just is. I feel like that's a revelation someone needs to get. If it's in here, it just is. If God commands it, then it is. And it's, a, it's, it's not a good place to be when you start thinking, well, if Maybe, maybe not. No. What God commands, man cannot stop. And what he was saying to his people in Deuteronomy 28, all those years ago, he's saying this. He said, yeah, my Lord, my covenant, but this is the thing. I will make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to make sure of it. It's going to be a certainty. You are the head, so therefore you are called to live like the head. I wonder today if you live like you are a priority to God. I'm not talking about puffed up pride. I'm not talking about carrying the kind of, you know, prideful arrogance around. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about living like God has caused you and you know that God has made you the head, that you are chosen, valued by God. 
Do you handle the ebbs and flows of life with that kind of Holy Spirit confidence? Do you walk into the situations of life with a Holy Spirit expectation? And the expectation is this, I am chosen by God. I'm the head, not the tail. You know what? Like, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter what that guy said. I'm the head. God has chosen me. He has called me. And here I am. I can begin every single day with the wind at my back. I can start every single season of life with the tide in my favor, in Jesus' name. I can look at new opportunities with an expectation that I'm going to be looked after by my Father in heaven. To live like the head means these things. And if you want to write these down, please do. This is how you live like the head. I should expect to be taken care of by God. I should just expect I'm going to get taken care of, that God's going to look after me. I can expect that my joy is going to increase as I keep walking with God. That's living like the head and not the tail. To live like the tail means like, well, you know, it depends on what my feelings are like today. If my feelings are good, then, you know, God's obviously not with me. But to live like the head means, you know what, as I walk with the Lord, He strengthens me. He gives me all that I need. He gives me the joy in season, out of season. I am the head and not the tail. Another way that we can live as the head, I don't have to worry about my needs being met all the time because I'm the head and not the tail. God has decided that I'm chosen. God has decided that I'm valued. I can encounter and navigate tough situations in life because I'm the head, not the tail. God is gonna take care of me. In Matthew 6, Jesus tells us exactly that. In Matthew 6 and verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or gather into barns. Stop there for a moment. That's what we do. We sow, we reap, we gather into barns. So Jesus is saying, they don't even do that. Like they don't even need to worry about that. And look at the way God treats them. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Look at these words. Are you not of more value than they? I'm the head, not the tail. Jesus is saying, remember your value. Remember how chosen you are. Remember like on the plains of Moab, remember that God has decided in all of his goodness, in all of his grace, in everything that he is, in his character, he's decided these are my people and I'm gonna take care of them. I am the head and not the tail. So that's number one. Number two, here we go. Faith declaration number two, God is gonna take care of me. God is gonna take care of me. Feel like someone needs to just declare that this week over their lives. Over maybe a tough situation of uncertainty this week, you're just gonna declare it, write it on the piece of paper right in front of you. God is gonna take care of me. Why? Because God wants to bless you. You know God actually wants to bless you. I mean, sometimes we make choices that make us very unblessable by God. Put ourselves in situations. I know I've done it many times. I talked in, in a few weeks ago about a, a season in our life where we didn't tithe. We didn't honor God it, with our finances in our marriage and in our life. You know, it made it very hard for God to bless me because I wasn't honoring. I wasn't very blessable, so to speak, in that moment. But the truth is this. God actually desires to bless you. He wants to take care of you. Verse 8 of Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will command, look at this, the blessing on you in your barns and in 
all that you undertake. When the Bible says all, you know what it means in the Greek and the Hebrew? All. All that you undertake, he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. If he wants to bless you, that means he wants to take care of you. God is going to take care of you. Ephesians 3 and verse 12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. You know, bold expectation, I think, is a powerful thing. And we need to be people that when we need something, you know, the Bible says that God already knows what we need before we need it. But you know, God actually wants us to bust into his room sometimes and say, Dad, I need this. I'm preaching the truth this morning. Some of us need to start busting into to Dad's room, kicking the door open, and say, Dad, I need help. I'm struggling. And the Bible says, he'll be right there, attentive to every need, ready to go, ready to supply. But sometimes in our own self-righteousness, we get to a place where we're like, no, God, it's, it's cool. You just stay over there. You, you, keep it, you keep doing your thing in the throne room. I got it. No, but God wants to bless us because he wants to take care of us. But the thing about it is he wants to be involved. He wants to be a part of it. We've got to understand that we're the head and not the tail. You know, as a church, we've taken this approach the whole way. We're coming up to five years as Colonial Church in October. Woo! Praise God. Five years. But I remember in the first couple of years, you know, it was always our vision as a church to have our own permanent facility, okay? So like renting, pipe and drape life was just not going to be forever life. You know? And um, many of you were at the armory through that season, but through those probably three or four years. You know, we, we, we turned over every single stone in this city looking for a venue. And I just had a, I had a faith expectation that God was going to take care of us. I had a conviction, a Holy Spirit conviction. And many of you know my brother-in-law, Jeremy, and he and I would just, you know, just, just go and check stuff out all the time. Like we got so close on so many different things, lots of different venues, looked at everything. From raw land to old warehouses to small, big, like all kinds of stuff. Like it was, it was exhaustive and that was great, right? I remember one time we went to this, see this one warehouse and, uh, you know, praise God, he just knows what he's doing, right? So we're obviously at the wrong spot. It was never going to be right for church, looking at what we have now and, and all the need and all the people coming into church. But I never, never forget going and touring this warehouse and seeing how much work was needed and seeing how it would really be hard to make it work for church and all this sort of stuff, and then meeting with the people that, that owned it. And, you know, I started to talk to them about the faithfulness of God and how God's just going to, this is going to be a place of blessing. This is going to be a place of redemption. This is going to be a place where people are going to get saved. I started preaching the gospel to them. And I said, you know, so you, you, can, you, can you work with us on this? No. <laughs> Full price. Full price, no concessions. Take it or leave it. And I'll, I'll never forget, in that moment, I literally turned and walked away. And I wasn't being rude. Jeremy handled it. 
But as we drove away and later on, I just said, you know what? We're the head, not the tail. We're called to be the head. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not the tail. And Colonial Church, as part of the church, is going to get a good deal. And God's going to take care of us. And no matter what it looks like, we're going to walk into meetings expecting to be taken care of. Because we have a Father in heaven that loves us, cares for us, and we're chosen by Him. And I just felt like we were the tail. In that moment, I said, you know what? We're not called to be the tail. We're called to be the head. So number two, God is going to take care of me because ultimately He wants to bless me. And number three, faith declaration this morning. Come on, you've got to write this down. I will let God write my story. I will let God write my story. We have to let God be the one who writes the story. Your life can have an absolutely beautiful narrative to it. It has so much potential. But if we want it to be the best possible story ever written, we have to allow the one who writes the best stories with our lives to be the one who writes it. I wrote this down, and maybe this is just a thought for you too. Don't write your own story. Let God do it. Don't write your own story. Let God write the story. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season. In its season. You know, God's timing is perfect. Absolutely perfect. There'll never be a time that God's timing is not perfect. In all of history, perfect. And some of us need to get on board with the fact that we just need to let God write the story. Understanding full well His timing. Maybe that today just means releasing control of the outcome and just saying, God, I'm believing for this thing, but you know what? I want you to write the story. I want you to be in control of how this ends because if I know that if I do that, you're gonna do the exceeding abundant above all. Listen to me. Scripture says, all that we could ask, think, or imagine. So, so that's what this, this is what, what that means. Take the very best outcome that you could think of for your career, for your job, for your, for your family, for the thing that you're believing for, for the breakthrough you want. Think of the absolute very best thing, like, like go crazy with it. And Scripture says, God will do the exceeding abundant above. I gotta let God write my story. You gotta let God write your story because you're the head and not the tail and the way He wants to write it and the blessing He wants to put into it, it's greater than anything that we could ever come up with on our own. Just going back to what God's done in our church, I could never have imagined something as great as what we have right now. When I was back there doing that thing that I just talked about before, looking at different things, I had to trust God. We as a church, we had to trust God with the outcome. We had to let God write the story. Sometimes we can insert ourselves and say, hey, Lord, move over for a second. Give me the pen. I'll just write it. I'll take care of it. Move over. Give me the pen. But if we would just let God write the story, what could things look like? What could our testimony of His goodness be? 
What could the, the story be of how good he's been to you and how he's blessed you and the way he brought that person back into your life and the way that he, he helped you get to that place? How good could the story be if we just let God write it? So we're called to be the head and not the tail, but we've got to let God write the story. Because if we don't, it just won't be as good. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. In the message, I, I gotta read it to you. And then I'm done. It says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Listen to me, friend, what could God do if you trust Him to take care of it? If you trust Him and just believe in faith that you're the head, not the tail. Heads or tails, what's it gonna be? Would you stand with me? I wanna pray for some people this morning. I really believe that was a word for someone in here, maybe many people. But you've been living your life lately and you've been living it as the tail, not as the head. And I'm not pointing fingers, I'm not like, singling anyone out, but we all do this. We find ourselves in situations, in seasons, and we're trying to force outcomes, trying to make stuff happen, trying to insert things. But all we're doing is we're just edging God out of the picture. That's what I love about the word ego. You know, someone said a long time ago, I never forgot it. Ego means edging God out. You ever heard that? Edging God out. But we're called to live as the head, not the tail. But to live it as, the, you know, as a head mentality means you've got to have faith that God's there. You've got to have faith that God's going to come through. You've got to have faith today that because I'm chosen, because I'm valued, because God is in control of my life, that means I can expect blessing. That means I can expect Him to come through. But I've got to release control to Him. I've got to let Him do what He does best. I've got to just let Him have my life and everything will be taken care of in Jesus' name. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. And I don't know what, this, what the area is. I feel like there's many different things, specifically marriages, specifically finances. Um, specifically, especially in the nine o'clock, I really felt like God was saying it was the area of kids, relationship with children, where expectation has dropped to the level of, well, I'm just not sure if it's gonna work out for them. That's not living as the head. That's living as the tail. God wants us to live as the head with faith in Him, expectation that things aren't just gonna work out. Things are gonna be better. Things are gonna be better than they ever were. Not only just restored to the way they were, but even better than they were before that. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking around. This is just your time to do business with God. Holy Spirit moment. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's the area? What's the thing? What's the struggle? What's the, what's the challenge for me? Where I'm not living as the head, I'm living as the tail. And when you know what that is, when you feel like the Holy Spirit's told you, just raise your hand marriage, finances, career, relationship with kids, schooling. Maybe it's just faith. Maybe you're just like, man, I just got to start living like God actually loves me and values me. Well, Holy Spirit, you see every hand that's raised. Heavenly Father, we thank you, just like it says in Matthew 6, that you take care of the birds, you take care of creation, but 
man, you've placed so much value on us. So God, we choose today, Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, for this to be a moment in time, in our lives, Father, where we can spiritually build an altar and just say, you are Lord over it all. You have chosen us. Father, we're your holy possession, like it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're your holy priesthood set aside, chosen by you as your special treasured possession, Lord. Help us to live as a head. Help us to live as people that look to you, knowing that our needs are going to be met knowing that when there's sickness, you're going to bring healing. Knowing, Father, where there's fractured relationship, Father, you're going to come in and you're going to mend and you're going to build, God. Father, we speak restoration into people's lives, God. Father, I speak a coming together of people's finances, Lord. Living as the head. Father, I speak promotion, God. Father, we pray for a breakthrough in the area of careers, God. Startup projects and new companies beginning, God, and everything that comes with choosing to live as the head, not the tail today, Lord. Father, we thank you for it. We believe for testimonies of your goodness. We believe for praise reports to flow in, God. We believe for healing of miracles, Lord. Father, we thank you for every good thing from heaven. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship right now. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.